Reporters podcast for the week of February 21st. I'm your host, D Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the beautiful editorial staff, the gorgeous, good looking, the silver fox, Kevin Kovac, and the young gun, the young stallion basketball coach of the year up in Maryland, uh, Kyle McFadden. Kovac, I have to like just make sure you're okay, your body's not in shock still for meeting Wawa past midnight for two straight weeks. It was probably one of the funnier, uh, one of your messages I got from you was on, I think, Monday or Sunday. I can't remember. Like, I finally ate my first full meal at dinner time before midnight, and it wasn't Wawa. So as your body as your body adjusted, you know, when we're recording this, uh, 48 hours, 72 hours since our last race of a beautiful Wawa. Yeah, sure, sort of. It's uh, it it's doesn't know what to do without eating Wawa at midnight. You know, uh, that's a, and using uh, utensils to eat. We ha- We don't do that very often once we're at the – you know, uh, during speed weeks, you don't actually sit down too many times to eat a regular dinner with, uh, you know, it's mostly sandwiches and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm adjusting, readjusting to that. Uh, come home and eat a, a lasagna at uh, five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever it was. That's a little weird. for that. That's, that's a shock to the system after two weeks. So uh, I have to have to have to wean myself back off the the Wawa, I guess. Although I do have Wawa. There's so many Midwesterners. Yeah, you're just all about the, it. You know, that's right. There were so many Midwesterners, and we'd end up like at the drive home at Wawa, and they every day they'd be like, "Well, what's this Wawa? When are you going to take us inside with the camera? We don't have Wawa." And I'm like, "Hey, I got a Wawa. I could go to Wawa right down the, you know, not even two miles from me." And uh, I, I, I should have had option. you get Wawa. For the podcast, have like a little soup yes. and sandwich and do a little yep. shameless plug. That would have been funny. Be like, I got it right next yeah. door to me, buddy. It's uh, it's okay. I could have. I could. Uh, I should just done it over there. I should take my computer over there and done it outside of Wawa, right? <laughs> like legit, they're losing a lot of sponsorship money. We need to have our you know people at Flow oh uh, contact hey, them. One thing here. Wawa was on the wall, you know, they were at, we were one of the sponsors at, uh, at Volusia. And I think I say that we helped bring that along, you know, with all our stops there and in then, the last few years. And then Natalie the Decker, the uh, pavement driver, I think she's sponsored by Wawa. Oh, it was on her car. Yes. Yeah, right. Yep. So Wawa was making see, I wasn't sure whose car it. was. I saw that. Splash yeah. into motorsports. Thanks to dirt on dirt and yeah. flow racing when we started the drive <laughs> yeah. home, which is one of the most successful things to do. Also, Kovac. Let's set the record straight. A lot of people on social media, you guys had a heartfelt drive home message to everybody about speed weeks. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theories going around that, hey, hopefully this is not the end of dirt on dirt and flow. A couple guys got emotional, rightfully so. But basically that message was that it's the last speed weeks that we've come to know here in the last four or five years. Hell, not even the last decade, because last decade we only raced from February 8th to the 22nd. But just this consistent month-long racing leading up to the Daytona 500 might look a little bit differently next year just because East Bay won't be there. Uh, there might be some rumblings with the Lucas Oil schedule, how they're going to do. But, but set the record straight, like, flow racing's not ending and all these things. A lot of people were uh, concerned about that with the emotional uh, Friday night drive home. Yeah, it seemed like we were we were all done or something, you know, if you, if you just kind of – weren't listening to everything. You just tuned in at one certain spot or, or you wanted to really uh, <clears throat> think into that. Uh, yeah, it, it is, this is the end of Speed Weeks. If there's no East Bay next year, unless there's some, you know, uh, some 11th hour 
possibility that it let it comes back and man that would really make everything that happened this year all those goodbyes to the track kind of strange that would really be a weird feeling itself uh th there won't be an east bay before volusia and east bay to volusia those are the two those are the two stalwarts of of, of speed weeks they're the two tracks that have had speed weeks races that they have them for a week long east bay has had six days of racing uh, uh, during speed week, the week before Volusia since 2000, I mean, other than one year, I think it was a week before that because of the Super Bowl in Tampa. So there was a week separation there, but the, the, the idea is the same. It's always been those two of the, are the base. They're the, they're the foundation of speed weeks and you take one away. That's half of the, of the speed weeks foundation is gone and, and no, nothing can replace that. It's just got so much history, so much, um, you know, so many, so many memories, so many stories from that track at East Bay. It's going to be tough to, re it's impossible to replace it. And if the rumors are that Lucas Oil will have races after the Daytona 500, then it's, it's a whole different story. It's not, you know, that day after day, um, uh, the, the r routine of speed weeks that you'd have, it would be, it'd be after they, I mean, it's, everything's always been leading up to the Daytona 500. After you leave the Daytona 500, it's, it's regular season almost, you know, um, even if you are still in Florida. So that it's, it's, we were just thinking about that and how, you know, there won't be, a, we won't be in a, a Tampa house anymore, uh, everybody together because there won't be, uh, you won't be covering the East Bay Winter Nationals. That was that's what was kind of the the story. That in, in Dirt on Dirt has been built so much on Speed Weeks, and it, it won't and won't Speed won't be the same uh, in the future uh, that it's been so long. Kyle, did you think like watching that? You probably pulled it up with like three minutes left to go in the the drive home. You're like, wait, are we out of jobs? Is the flow done? Like, what's going on here? Like, Ben was very emotional, and obviously Michael was too, because. They've been doing it for 17 years now. Like, where you're like, oh, wait, what's going on here? But you kind of knew. You watched the whole thing. But everybody just seems to relax a little bit. Yeah, the – like, if you think about, you know, what Dirt on Dirt's really built on, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different components that Dirt on Dirt's built on. But, like, when you're talking about, like, the pillars and such, like Eldora's, Crown Jewels, the Weekly Racer, I mean, obviously covering Dirt Track or dirt late model racing nationally from top to bottom. But then, you know, you look at speed weeks and it's such like, you know, it's one of the pillars of. It'd be you know, speed weeks. Made. It'd be yeah. speed weeks, yeah, like Eldora what, and summer nationals. Those yeah. are the three pillars. That's Easily, not true. even close. Summer nationals is also right up in there too. So like when you lose, like I'd imagine like if I'm in Rigsby shoes, like, you know, it's, it's you have to look at it from like when I'm a fan and I'm and I, and I don't understand, you know, like the heart and soul, and like the blood, sweat and tears, quite literally, that goes into building, you know, what we know as dirt on dirt dot com today and what most people know. Well, or what people know as flow racing. Right. Because, I mean, there wouldn't there wouldn't be probably flow in you know, like flow racing wouldn't, wouldn't be as what it is today without dirt on dirt. So when you have all that kind of factoring in, I'd imagine that like, that's, that's why they get so emotional and like sentimental. And so, I mean, like, you know how people are, they'll read into anything, right? I mean, it's just, it's just like, 
Kovac will go get sheets on the ride home if there was a sheets down there in Florida and people would would probably read into that, you know, Kovacs turning on Wawa or like whatever, you know, and uh, your people will just read into anything. But I mean, people care, right? People want to know what's going on. I understand that too. And, uh, but no, I mean, from like, from the perspective of speed weeks and just kind of looking back on it myself, I mean, it's like, um, you know, and we can go into this more today, but it's just like, you know, what, what could it look like next year now? I think that's that's where the direction was heading on the drive home there. And like, I've only experienced two speed weeks last year and this year. And like, I don't really have that insider knowledge or that such strong attachment when it comes to like 17 straight years of covering speed weeks and just how significant that is uh you know not only in our coverage at dirt on dirt but just like just how significant that is in getting the year started in dirt lane model racing and so like well like when you factor in all that and just how pivotal and just how instrumental it's been and you know the careers of so many people uh you know kevin i mean he put out his column uh, before he went down to East Bay about, you know, it was just all the memories of speed weeks and, um, and beyond, like, you know, just like beyond what you see on the racetrack, you know, off the racetrack, you make just as much, uh, you, yeah, you make just as much memories off the racetrack as you do, or as you see things develop and play out on the racetrack too. So, I mean, there's just a lot, you know, the, to adjust to probably going into next year. And so, What's that going to look like? Uh, people don't know. Like genuinely, people really don't know. So you can read into a lot of different things. But um, yeah, things things can get emotional uh, when you lose something as important as Speed Weeks as we know it. You know that we're not losing Speed Weeks probably altogether. We're just losing Speed Weeks as we know it. You know. Okay. Enough with the soap soap opera. Uh, it was good. Everything's all poetic. right. Yes, wax and poetic. Kovac. Volusia, we got to talk about that. The racing was freaking phenomenal for the most part. That's why I love the place. I will put that in my top five racetracks in the entire country to my grave. And it was just great racing. You had the young guns up up on the wheel. You had a couple, uh, what do you call it, dust-ups, shenanigans on the racetrack where a couple guys got fired up, PO'd. Uh, some choice words were probably used in the pit area after as well. I was on the grounds, but I heard a lot about it. But you can't ask for the past two weeks of racing at East Bay and Volusia. I don't think, I don't think you can get a better two weeks of racing. I mean, that was eleven features total. I think we had that were just, I mean, if you count like the prelim or the you know eleven nights of features, I guess I should say. But man, that was awesome. Some start to finish from East Bay to Volusia, and especially from start to finish, uh, you know, at Barberville. That it was awesome. I mean, it, it that place always produces. It was that was a good way to finish uh, Speed Weeks twenty twenty four. Uh, at the Daytona area oval. Oh yeah, there's always people that are oh Volusia, it's too big, it's too fast, it's too rough on equipment. I mean, like hell, hell, East Bay is pretty rough on equipment too. I mean, I saw I saw more pounding, I think, of body panels at East Bay uh, than I did at Volusia. Um, but you know, Volusia crashes are going to be harder, and and, uh, and and the track surface wasn't the greatest. Some people say you know it doesn't suit some people, but then there's other guys in the pits that just 
love it you know like i mean they just they thought it was great and 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 i personally i've always liked volusia i mean i kind i said i grew up on bigger tracks and and, and that and, and a track that's kind of weirder shape like volusia it reminds me so much of of racing that i saw uh as a kid at you know at flemington speedway in new jersey where it's like a it's it's such a circular track i mean and they're just carrying speed in the corners and i love standing at volusia on that they, they uh, world race Cup brings in this that they're uh what do you, i don't know what they call it the, the sweet truck there you know where they uh it's a suite inside the truck and the, the the vip like mobile vip suite and you we go up on top of the roof of that to watch it. it's perched right out it's parked right outside of turn one and man what you just see these cars blasting in there i i there's something about cars going fast and and, and on the gas and just getting every little bit out of that car that they can uh, especially on that cushion the way it was and and it made it interesting when it was like slick to the cushion so i mean you really had to drive hard hard but also carefully and uh and when and when leaders got to lap traffic which would happen fast the leaders were usually screwed up every leader said it was really tough to to be the leader because they would hit air from the other you know from the from the lap cars and they were all over the place so it just was all week long great race and i think there were of the how many of their features where there were uh, we had one rained out obviously the finale on saturday so they had four full features and then three of the um Seven. uh the tw- semi features there on that one night when everybody ran features 20 lappers and and just only only two of those were flag to flag races uh flag to flag winners and those were two of those 20 lappers with, with pierce and, and marler everything else there were lead changes there were passes uh multiple leaders and most of them I and mean, geez ricky thornton led three of the races and didn't even win one uh and which is uh that's a, that's a heck of a stack how, how good he is um uh, so <laughs> stuff happened out there that was this always happening and uh it was really entertaining I and mean, you had those young guns doing it like you said bobby pierce wins twice in one day on on the uh on the wednesday and you also had Devin Moran win the first and the last features. Uh, and now Devin's found a new home, apparently, in, in, Volu- in Volusia here in Florida That uh, after he liked the East Bay so much. And, uh, you know, we even had some, uh, you know, had all, we had some uh, veteran, a veteran guy sort of, too, over 40 with uh, with Mike Marler winning, uh, winning one of the races. Nick Hoffman won that last Yeah, you're right. Pass, yeah, that's you know? one of the best passes There was a of lot the of stuff. For the week. Yes. Yeah, Nick can't Hoffman even keep up get, with it. Yeah, Nick Hoffman wins that race over uh, Chris Madden with a last lap pass through three and four. I mean, after all those modified wins he has, 22 of them in his career, he finally won a late model race. You know, it's, uh, he was pretty pumped up. Great race, too. I mean, I, I think that was probably the best race of the week. Yeah, awesome. Big time win for uh, Nick Hoffman. He's won it as a car owner uh, and a driver, and then now he won it, you know, in a late model, too. So he's, he's done it all uh, at Volusia, one of his favorite tracks as well. Yeah, Kyle, just, I mean, just, just just good for the sport to have these two weeks of racing. Obviously, guys only went in the front row, yada, yada, yada. I mean, but if you weren't entertained the last 14 days, you, you must have been smoking dope or something. I think we've, I think when there's like one race where there's, um, you know, like somebody wins it from wire to wire um, on the front row, you know, people, people have such like a pre-fixed, preconceived notion that what dirt late model racing is typically leaning toward these days and that's like oh man you know we 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 see another winner come from the front row we don't don't see any battle for the lead or pass you know for the lead but 
uh you know you look back at like speed weeks this year and like we have 12 different winners and um you know just like i exactly what you said like i think and i put this in my fast talk it's just like you look at like volusia and you look at just i mean with the rate and how fast guys rip around there and just how big and wide the track is you wouldn't necessarily think like you know like how does this place race as well as it does you know uh it's just like you it's it's a special place in its own regard because of not only just how how fast and just how like on edge you have to be there like it doesn't look like you know at at Volusia, you can can just go out there and like ride around, you know. I mean, uh, like the front stretch isn't, you know. I mean, just like the front stretch isn't, uh, you know, as long as a typical half mile back stretch. You know, you have the trioval, you have sweeping corners, and I think that allows you know the racetrack to be what it is. And uh, obviously, I mean, it it's it's put on really good racing. You know, all um you know these past or the in the two weeks that it's you know hosted um uh you know the speed weeks here so but yeah no i mean it's like when a guy like ricky thornton jr leads on three separate occasions and then if you think about it too a fourth in i guess yeah a fourth when you think back to the 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 first trip to Volusia back in January. I mean, he leads four times at Volusia, doesn't come away with a win. I think that uh, when you have your driver of the year lead that many times and still, you know, you know, can't hold off whoever's coming from behind, how can you not be entertained by that? So absolutely, you know, Speed Weeks definitely fulfilled my entertainment expectations. And uh, I mean, it's dirt lane model racing. I wouldn't say like at its finest, but it's definitely uh you know definitely for sure did what it needed to do so Kovac it's been a staple for a long time uh Volusia I don't think that place is going anywhere WRG has that uh it's not really in a location where somebody could probably come up with a whole boatload of money and buy it to like build something just like the what we see in the Tampa area with East Bay but what do you think the future is going to be like for Volusia there's gonna be no late model week as of now, leading up to, you know, uh, Barberville. How do you see it play out? We have had rumors that Lucas Oil might go, you know, post-speed weeks. Uh, we have rumors that I think we'll saw Volusia 1.0. I'm hearing that maybe Volu- or the Outlaws might go somewhere in between and then come back to Volusia 2.0. But, I mean, look at the crowds at the place during Sprint Car Week. They were massive. And then last week, of course, towards the end, Rigsby tweeted out a photo of just being jam-packed on that Friday night, like, What's the future going to hold for this? We're going to see more competitors come because they don't have to pick and choose between the two tracks. What what what's your uh what's your meter feeling about the place down there in Daytona? Yeah, it will be interesting to see now. Uh, Volusia's and East again, Volusia and East Bay. They've always been this foundation of it. You lose the one, and now does that make Volusia even bigger? I mean, it, it's hard to get Volusia any bigger because. Uh, it, it is, it's the, the crowds. I mean, they put those, those, that big new grandstand in not, not too long ago, not too many years ago. And now that thing is filled up and the bleachers on the sides are filled up for, for their biggest nights. And 
they get some massive numbers there. There's no doubt the the fields haven't always been quite as big as Volusia. I mean, excuse me, as uh, as East Bay in recent years, they were a little bit. I mean, obviously East Bay had the the um you know the draw also for drivers this year of you know got to get there for the last time before it's gone. So they had up to seven. You know, their high were 75, and the high for the week at Volusia was was only 48 compared to that. Uh, they had over 50 drivers compete, but never on one night. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's a, uh, you know, they're, they're the, the differences in the tracks or they've made some drivers East Bay guys and some guys Volusia guys, you know, guys that like the bigger tracks will just go to Volusia. Ones that didn't like the shorter track go to East Bay. And, and, and some, and a lot of times they didn't mix. Uh, but when Devin Moran won on, on Friday night and I was talking to him, uh, about how you know he he's the big he's a huge East Bay lover. I was always been his favorite track, but he's won more races already now in just the last you know three years at Volusia than he's won at, at East Bay over more than a decade. So is I asked him if this is your new favorite track, and he says it has to be. I mean, I'm not going to have East Bay uh, if I run so well at Volusia. It, it has to be his favorite track, and he thinks that East Bay's departure from the scene will make Volusia's uh, dirt car nationals even bigger. Um, not in terms of many more races or more stuff like that, uh, but just in terms of more cars and more people coming because uh, he has a huge crowd of, of just his supporters that come, you know, family members and all that come to East Bay every year. You see him around his car. And he said it's so much more uh, relaxing at, at Volusia because he doesn't have so many people around around the pit area for him. Uh, but a lot of those people are going to still want to see him race in Florida. So they're probably going to go to Volusia now. And that's, and I think that'll be with a lot of other teams too. Uh, they're, they're going to go there. They're not going to go to probably Lake city or, or Ocala races. If there's only weekends or, or for those shows or even, or Georgia also Volusia becomes even more of the focus now uh, and, and man, it's, 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 you can't really fit too many more people in there, but you can't fit more cars, I guess you can, you can shoehorn more in. And even if it's 10 guys that typically would go to East Bay, but now they choose, to, they, they go to Volusia because they want to be able to go a week of racing. You know, that there's not that many like just typical hobby racers or not hobby right. racers, but like local racers that can just go and race you know, a weekend uh, at, 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 in Georgia and then sit around in Florida for a few, for like three or four days and then go race the next weekend in Florida or anything like that. You know, they need to pick a race weekend because they got to take their vacation from work and one week of racing at one place really works well for them. And Volusia is going to be that one option now. And, and that's, uh, that, that has to help Volusia. I agree, and then just like that Friday-Saturday feeling at Volusia, like leading up to the 500, mm -hmm. it's pretty packed. You have a lot of people going to both, probably, I'm sure, going to going into a couple days of uh, dirt racing and then head up to the big track for the for the 500, which a lot of people have been doing it for years and years because it's been around for so long. I also think uh, it might help the sport as a whole, Kyle McFadden, where Guys don't have to go race in early January or mid-January now. They can wait until like the second or third week in February to go down and race. Maybe guys are like, well, there's no more East Bay. We can hold off, uh, redo our race shop, uh, you know, regroup, I guess you should say, and we can start racing back in March. I think it might not be a bad thing that, you know, Volusia might be the only headliner. Now I know we're going to race there twice, 
but a lot of those uh, weekend warriors, uh, mid mid uh, not mid level, mid level or regional, I guess. Uh, they can be like, yeah. oh, we don't have to go until February, or we can just you know wait and hold off and maybe hit up the Lucas Oil shows that are going to be in early March. If there is a, a just like something to draw or gain from the loss of or the like the void, I'll call it the void of East Bay, um, and you know what what uh, it, it it served in the the. Just um, you know that that week of racing. I don't think you can replace it, honestly. Like, um, and then in turn, like I just think it's 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 best to to you know push the season back a week or so, and not start so early. I think that will um, definitely benefit uh, a lot of you know, a lot of teams, a lot of drivers, you know, the series, I mean, a lot of people too, like, don't understand, you know, just how much like, you know, Rick Schwally and Ashley Schwally and, you know, the whole Lucas Oil staff, I mean, they're, they're traveling year round, essentially outside of Christmas and uh, to, um, you know, make sure that the season that they're in is going as well as it needs to. And then when they're quote unquote out of season, they're getting ready for speed weeks, you know, literally in the days after the dirt track world championships. So uh, just because there's such a tight turnaround. And so I think like personally, you can't, you can't replace East Bay. Uh, like, in terms of that, like week of racing, I don't really think you can do that. But in terms of like you know, tracks and, uh, you know, now who gets the spotlight or who gets uh, the East Bay limelight, so to speak, or just kind of like you know, what is the what is the marquee now week of racing? Like if you were to pitch a tent, set up shop, and race the week down at Speed Weeks, you would now probably go to Volusia, and so, um. I just think like, but from a, a scheduling standpoint, like, you know, not starting, you know, so early in January um, and, you know, maybe in turn too, it, if you think about, you know, like the ecosystem of the sport and this is just how I think, you know, maybe it could help an event like the Wild West shootout to where guys like, I know for instance, like Jonathan Davenport, like he couldn't go to the Wild West shootout because he had to, you know, get a new car ready for the start of speed week. So it's just like, Something like that can also help and benefit um, some of the other events that we have in, in the sport. But I mean, obviously, like it's uh, that's just kind of like you know, you would have to think that an extra week would definitely be well received, and I don't think anybody would huh, say no to that. Kovac, if you're Volusia, do you like really take over and try to? dominate the entire speed weeks do you have like volusia 1.0 that maybe just modified week then a whole sprint car week or crates or something and then you finish up leading the daytona i mean if you're them this is your time to do the stranglehold on the all of florida georgia speed weeks that we originally thought uh, now maybe lucas will decide to race before we don't really know the details on that but could this be the time where volusia's like okay we're going to come down here january 20th run the you know the run the Volusia 1.0, the Sunshine Nationals, and then we'll run for four consecutive weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, 
you possibly could. I mean, that's something that, you know, they, they could pull that off if they, uh, uh, without any competition from East Bay anymore. But, uh, I think that they have their, their deal is pretty good, pretty, pretty set in stone the way they have it. You know, <clears throat> maybe the one thing they, they could change would be, you, know, you take a, you separate the crate late models from the world of outlaws late models for that first weekend. Now, I mean, cause if, if there's going to be East Bay is going to be gone, uh, there's going to be an extra week there. You could, you could run, uh, the crates that weekend after the world wild west shootout. So it separates the, the world of outlaws more. And then you come back with the world of outlaws, sun, sun, uh, no, sunshine nationals, uh, the pot that's the week. And then I think, you know, I, I've heard that the world of outlaws might go run in Georgia, uh, the week, the, that weekend, right before Volusia. Uh, I don't think they could actually add many more red or they've already got 12 nights, uh, just take the Super Bowl uh, Sunday off uh, with the with the modifieds and sprint cars the first week, and then big blocks and uh, and late models the second week. Man, <laughs> I, physically the 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 officials, the workers at Volusia can't probably handle more. That that's probably the one thing that would stop them from adding even more races, like <laughs> extending the the length of it uh, could, uh, night after night. Because man, you you see that's a that's a lot on just the officials. I mean, uh, they're there every day from like they're having ready meetings, what what at noon, one o'clock every day, uh, and then just going on and, and selling and selling tickets and 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 then getting all the worker getting enough workers to to clean the place up every night. And man, it's it's a heck of a gru grueling uh, schedule for those people. And, and that's why I mean you always see them. They're really happy with the rain out sometimes after they get a lot of consecutive days in. And so I don't think that they could physically ask their uh, their workers to do much more than what they already are because it's it's pretty packed now, and and it, and it's not going to make the crowds any bigger if they add more races or do you know they if they separate things out if they would just separate sprints from modifieds or something it it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't help that way and. I mean, I think they really have a good a good schedule now at Volusion, and that's not going to really change. Uh, just it could just could make it bigger without having any any other racing going on at East Bay. So you're saying Volusion 1.0 take that week or two off, do the sprint modified week, and then late model week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's still it's still the schedules will still be pretty much the same at, at Volusion. Again, you can't add too many more because, man, people are just, they're just the, you just wear these, man, you want to talk about some tired workers and officials that would right. tire them out. And um, so I, I could see it, you know, you, you separate those, yeah, you do two Sunshine Nationals, one for the crates, one for the uh, World of Outlaws late models and, <clears throat> and separate them by a weekend. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, last thing, Kyle McFadden, will the Moran clan be able to make it down to Volusia? I mean, they were everywhere for, uh, I mean, if even half of them go, like Kovac said before the, before the start of the show, if half of them went, then, you know, that's like 600 extra people in the stands at Volusia. Definitely when, I remember when I was at Alltech, might have been, can't remember if it was that Friday or Saturday, uh, but I remember, like, the moment, you know, they rolled into Speed Weeks, you know, the Moran clan. And it was just like, you, you have to you have to take note of that. I, I certainly I certainly noticed when they rolled into Speed Weeks to start their Speed Weeks. And so I would have to imagine that 
Um, they all now peg Belusha as their, as their, uh, I guess, uh, their, their place to now, you know, gather and continue on the family tradition, so to speak. So absolutely. We'll say absolutely. Comac, you agree? You think that there'll just be record crowds next year at Volusia because Moran Nation and uh, Muskingum County uh, International Speedway, they'll all be headed down? I don't see any other way, really, that it wouldn't be more people. I mean, you, you, if you don't have East Bay and you have just – you just take a little slice. Obviously, everyone at East Bay isn't just going to just be transferred over to Volusia, but – if you just take a little slight, just take a percentage of that. Take a 10%. Just take 200 people. That's a lot. Yeah. 200 just, to 300. I mean, that's a, that adds up. Yeah. I mean, just add up. Add that up over the course of the of the week at, at Volusia. It has to make Volusia uh, improve uh, what they have. When, when you're the only game in town now for six nights in a row, um, don't, don't only track that as six nights in a row of racing now and it's it's gonna help at all there's gonna be some people uh racers and fans that go to volusia now because east bay was closed i mean they, they people still want to go down and you know they, they still want to have a, a fan or want to go down or a driver or a team will want to go down to have some you know off-season fun racing in florida in the warmth uh so and now their choice is really going to be uh volusia if they want to do a whole week yeah, I think I think you'll see an uptick at uh, Vado a little bit, even if it's just fans decide they want to go out there because the racing's so good, and even drivers because they know they don't have to be ready right away. Then I think you'll see an uptick in both at Volusia, at least for the dirt car nationals. You might see a few more at the at Volusia uh, 1.0, but I mean this year they had a good good car count as well. So who knows? Every time we say something, we're usually completely wrong. But we'll Go back and rewind and check uh, predictions on that. But I think as a whole, I think the sport and the industry is ready for it uh, to see more racing right after Speed Weeks, get some teams ready to go and uh, uh, get dialed in for the 2025 season. But nonetheless, the last two weeks of Speed Weeks were awesome. The last two weeks, the racing was great. Uh, the fans were out in full force. So it was it was a fun time to, to be part of it. And then, of course, the fans watching from home or at the facilities uh, – I'm sure they had a great time as well. Kyle, we'll go right back to you. One more thing. What do you got for us? I think it's really cool that the Hunt the Front Super Dirt Series has hired Lenny Batiki as their uh, They're going all in this year. They're big time. Dude, I mean, they're splashing big time. I and mean, that's a big get for them. I mean, like Lenny, if people don't know. I mean, people know Lenny. I don't even have to, like, you know, give the whole spiel on, you know, where he's been and what he's accomplished. But, I mean, he – has his PRN at the track show, giving him a little plug on on here. I mean, he's been around for for quite a while, and he's 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 an industry veteran at its finest. I mean, if you think about all the veterans in the industry and kind of the stand up people who uh, who you respect and admire where they've been, uh, he's definitely one of them, and so he brings a, a big following and. Uh, for sure, to the Hunt the Front series, which has picked up a lot of of, of steam, and you know it's uh, it, it, that's a super regional series now, right? You know what I mean. So um, I mean they have a lot of star power now behind that series, and so you know 
uh, have to support the joiners and what they're doing over there. And so, but definitely uh, to see a guy like Lenny and, and, you know, what he brings to the table and his knowledge and, and all of that and where he's been. And it's just cool. It's really good for the sport. And, uh, you know, he brings also to, I mean, he's, he's more than just dirt late model racing, you know I mean? He covers all forms of motorsports and from pavement to, to dirt and the stock car ranks. And so hopefully, you know, the, the crossover, uh, you know, you, the crossover aspect, you know, can, uh, bring more eyeballs to the sport for people who haven't maybe experienced dirt late model racing before. So I, I love it. And uh, hopefully others will uh, enjoy, you know, what Lenny has to bring there to the table. Yeah, it's uh, and also side note, Tanner English is playing on running that series as well, which is another uh, big time news yes, out of the Hunt the Front series. My one more thing is uh, starting tomorrow, we got two headline divisions battling out at Golden Isles, GIS 2.0. We got uh, the High Limit Series, Kyle Larson's High Limit Series with Brad Sweet. Then we got the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Thursday night is a full show of the High Limit. Friday night is the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. And on Saturday, they're both going to race uh, good money at a good racetrack. Uh, I've always said I think we should have this more in our sport. But again, Kovac, we always say, like, what track could hold that infrastructure? What track could be able to afford to have both series? And I think we're going to see it a couple more times uh, the rest of the year. I think we'll have it. Uh, I think at Atomic, maybe they both are going to race there on a Tuesday there towards October into September. So I think we're going to see it more and more with these two series, uh, maybe uh, joining forces on the race weekend. But, yeah, I think it should be good. Uh, be sure to check it out on Flow Racing. Every single lap will be live for all two divisions. And we see it at Charlotte when they're both there. It's awesome. Uh, we see it at the Volusia when we with the big block modifieds and the late models. But when you have both, like, premier divisions like that, uh, if you're a race fan, how could you not like it? So uh, it's going to be cool to see the Lucas Oil Stars and the High Limit uh, Legends uh, duking it out. I think they're going to do some uh, cross-branding where I think some Lucas Oil guys are going to be in the announcer's booth during sprint cars, and then the sprint car guys are going to be in the announcer's booth during the late models. So we're going to see just a, you know, a crossover in the genres of the dirt track racing world. So looking forward to that. Be sure to check it out. If you are in the area, go out there uh, this weekend at GIS and uh, see see two two premier headline divisions go back. So uh, maybe one one day we can uh, have a late model start a lap ahead of them, and uh, we can have like a race, you know, like a little dual race between between the two divisions. How about that? Yeah, that just late model could just block the way, you know, of that sprint car, right? You know, they make them run them over and get that bigger, big body and stuff. So, uh, <clears throat> or they just run over a, a sprint car too. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be a pretty cool weekend. Uh, it, it is, it's a sort of a, a little test too of like a post uh, Daytona 500 uh, weekends, post uh, uh, an extended speed weeks in one sense, a uh, regular season after speed, you know, whatever you want to call it. But this could be what Lucas Oil does next year with the race like this at Golden Isles after the Daytona 500. So see how everything works out there. Uh, for one more thing, uh, I, I want to mention the, the World of Outlaws points coming out of Volusia. Uh, it's uh, Bobby Pierce, Brandon Shepard, Chris Madden, three, the top three, uh, separated by, I think, 12 points. Uh, that's, a, that's, good, that's a good sign for maybe a, a, 
uh, of uh, an exciting points uh, race this year. Bobby Pierce, although, I mean, you could look at it one way that Bobby Pierce last year came out of Volusia uh, pretty far behind. And, you know, he was like, like seven. I don't even think he was up. Yeah, he was, he was pretty was far seven. back, you know. So, yeah, he had to make up some ground. So, uh, this year he's already on top and he looked great uh, during the Dirt Car Nationals. Uh, he really could have uh one he was in contention to win every race and uh, you know the one the first night he's leading the race and has a carburetor a fuel uh fuel line pr- uh problem to the carburetor caused the fire and it knocked him out and caused that big wreck that ended up hurting the uh, the hand of of uh, hudson o'neill it hurt his uh his right hand a little bit but in every other race he was there things would have like shook out a little different he could have won <clears throat> but he didn't but still super fast uh brandon shepherd didn't get an outlaw win but did get one of those 20 lapper uh, races the semi features, and that was his first win at Volusia after three winless years. He had gone three years without winning at Volusia, which is kind of wild. And, and and then Chris Madden almost won that race that Nick Hoffman won, got a second in the finale, also. Uh, so two seconds in a row. I mean, he was really he, he seemed really confident. Those are three good men. If you had those three guys battle it out for the championship, that would really uh. Be, uh, be a feather in the cap here this year for the world of outlaws. But then other guys, I mean, obviously there's other guys that could, could crash that party too. And Nick Hoffman looks good. Kate Dillard looked really good. And he's like that right there in the, in the points also coming out. He had really, really good uh, Volusia. Uh, so it could be a, it, there's the, 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 the factors there for a good year with the world of outlaws, it seems. Yeah, uh, the next two races is Thunder Hill in March, and then they go to the land of Lincoln to the Line I-100. So uh, if we're looking to stop Bobby Pierce, I don't think he's ever been to Thunder Hill, but if we go to Farmer City, he'll be uh, he'll be very tough to, to tough to defend at the the quarter mile bowl ring. But of course, got some good competition always in the the Illinois State to maybe stop Bobby. But you never know. Maybe we'll have a three horse battle like we did in what was it 2018. 17 Kovac, and we had Marler, Sheppy. 18, yeah, 18 it yeah, was. 18. Yeah, it was 18 so that'd be awesome if we, go to, if we have three cars battling out for a championship later in the year. I think, I think we're due for that. We're due for one of those. Yes. Uh, that'd uh, be good. Finals, right? That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. We'll be sure to check out uh, the uh, Crew Diary came out this week. Be sure to check out all the post speed weeks on Dirt on Dirt and Flow Racing. Uh, keep your browsers locked in this week, and as we have some good racing up there at Golden Isles with the High Limit Series and the Lucas Oil A-Model Dirt Series. Check out these guys' stories. They do a great job. Until next week, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.